everybody. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast. Hi. I'm not talking to you. Hi, my name's Carrie. My name's Emma. My name is Dean. And Dean is going to tell us a weird story. No, and We not know really. nothing. Oh, what? Usually we do. This little break. I'm sorry. I thought this was Weird World. It is Weird so World. So did I. But today we're going to bring you... In honor of actually Emma's episode from a little while back about the worst movies of all time, oh, we are bringing you the worst <laughs> and weirdest television shows of all <gasps> oh, time. I like this. Let me warn you, it's a long list, and I cut out a shitload of bad TV, so buckle up. Yeah, when I did my movie list, there oh was God. 45 other movies I could have added, easy, but... Easy, easy. Yeah, this is... The, it's amazing how much... I mean, television has been a wellspring of shit mm-hmm. for decades, and it keeps on going. It started out with a lot of shit. It's, uh, you know, I mean. What are you talking about? I Love Lucy <laughs> yeah, was I know. Okay, I Love Lucy. That's Lucy. one example. <laughs> Most 1950s shows, you know, they were, seriously, they were vehicles to get eyeballs on cigarette commercials. Yeah. That's all. And they were crap. Or and soap commercials. Or, or soap, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, despite all that Golden Age bullshit, it's, it's you know, entertainment. People say for a long time. that was the golden age of movies, and this is the golden age of television. People yes. think television, like the 2010s, is yeah. a really good decade of and television. And it probably is, because there's so much product out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much avenue uh, for that product. I can't keep up with it. I can't, I can't keep up with it either. But let me assure you, there's been a lot of dreck over the decades, and today we're going to share some of that okay. with you. <laughs> First, quick ground rules. I try to stay with... Kind of creative shows, you know, not I didn't do any reality shows. I was gonna say purpose. no nope. no Jersey Shore. Nope. I could have done nothing but reality shows because yeah. all reality shows are terrible. But there like is some. no come on. This is a uh, subgenre that's brought us Honey Boo Boo, Jersey Shore, and the Kardashians. Okay. It's independent. But like queer eye for the straight guy, that's See, I don't consider quality. that I guess I, I yeah, I guess you're right. Um H D T V the the Kardashians well, are my guilty pleasure. See, I don't think like cooking shows, reality shows. I mean, reality shows are like Kardashians, Jersey Shore, that yeah. kind of shit. And, and no, and by the way, also no like daytime TV, you know, crap. No Jerry Springer, no Doctor Oz, no Doctor Phil, or the greedy, greedy, gullible demon mother of those shows, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, oh my God. who has brought us, who has given you're, us some of the worst stuff. You're going to get some hate for that. She uh, she brought us the secret. She brought us Doctor Oz. She brought us Doctor Phil. She brought us the, uh, every fake autobiographer out there. She, I mean, Jesus. I like her. She's been Don't get Dean started. She's been a force of evil. Um, <laughs> oh intentionally God. or not. So, so there's not, not going to be any honey, honey boo boo here on this show. Good. Good. Second, obviously, I just want to say this is massively subjective. I get that. But pretty much all these shows we're going to talk about here have been on somebody's list mm-hmm. of bad TV. So... You know, maybe you liked cop rock, and that doesn't make you a bad person, <laughs> but it does very, very, very likely make you stupid. You're so, not going to be like Game of Thrones, worst show no, ever. Not at all. Not at all. So with that, take it away, me. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? We're going to start out with the aforementioned cop rock. You don't ever heard of that, have you? Never. Carrie, you've heard of it. Uh, yeah. Steven Bochco, wasn't Steve it? Steven Bochco, who was the creator, a, a very famous creator of one of the best 70s and I guess early 80s yeah. cop shows. No, I guess 80s cop show called uh, Hill Street Blues. 
So he had a great reputation. So he said, you know what I want to do? I got this weird little dream. I want to make a normal police procedural <laughs> show. Like, you know, like any law and order, right? Okay, think law and order. But on this show, <laughs> for no clear reason, the otherwise tough, you know, cop men and women suddenly burst into song. <laughs> I shit you not. That sounds like a parody. It, it, yeah, it, it does. It could have been. I, I remember when I first, because I, I was cognizant during this time. Yeah, I was When I first too. heard about it, I honestly got, I thought it was, that's a joke, right? That's not real. It's a joke. They're going to play it for laughs. Oh, God, no. It, it was, was real. deadly serious. Did you ever drama. watch it? I, th- I think out of like that car, you know, how you look at a car wreck on the way by. Mm-hmm. Freeway Curiosity. Kind of Curiosity, yeah. Yeah, I, I do know, remember I never... vaguely watching 10 minutes going, this is happening. I never He's did. had like a, like a crime scene and suddenly is like, the victim had it coming. Oh my <laughs> so, God. I mean, total dramatic show with song. That was cop rock. Yeah, That's oddly hilarious. enough, I wasn't into police shows. Back then, I was never a big fan of these shows either. Yeah, but I like Law and Order, I, but that's I, I like SVU. But that's I went, I went through my Law and Order phase. Yeah. Every mom much does. much later, and the true crime thing, but not yes. back then. Well, Cop Rock though was again Botchko, so they they gave him a shitload of money for this, and it lasted eleven episodes. Yeah, it wouldn't have lasted I that long. Thought it, you were gonna say eleven Bochco. seasons? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god. And then for the last episode, the cast. Broke character and then joined the crew and broke into song. And saying last song was sung with cast and crew together, just like, and goodbye. You know, when it was been great. I don't know what the song That's was about. That's so cheesy. Yeah. Who was the star of it? Oh, it was a dude. I, I can see his face. I don't know his Dustin name. Dustin Hoffman. No. <laughs> it was, I don't know his name, but he huh. was kind of a, really kind of a character actor. He really wasn't a, a lead actor type, but he was for this show. Steve. He'd been on other, again, and, and that's a good point, though. He had been on other kind of gree mm-hmm. cop shows in the past. He wasn't, you didn't think of him as a song guy. But he was a theater kid at, I, I'm sure he at was. his heart. Was it Ronnie Cox? I don't think so. He may have been on it, but he, he wasn't was the lead. It. it was an ensemble show. Yeah. The person I'm thinking of who I thinking of though was kind of a tough guy cop and wow that's <laughs> embarrassing broadway hits yes the second one we bring you something you also might remember carrie although you were very young what nothing oh, i'm waiting to hear you said my name this was called super train you remember that at all why do i no. vaguely I feel like I've seen a video and that's been in it. It's it's kind of famously terrible. Okay, yeah. And it was came out on February seventh, nineteen seventy nine. It lasted to May fifth, so it held out for nine episodes. So wow. episodes, including huh. a very expensive to produce two hour pilot premiere episode. The setting you're probably wondering was a nuclear powered bullet train. Wow. That was just a. It was like a cruise liner on tracks. It had yeah, a swimming I, pool. I've heard of this. <laughs> Uh, swimming pools, <laughs> shopping centers, a gym, library, medical center, and a big old discotheque dance club. Were they trying oh to capitalize on the success of the love boat? That is, that is exactly it's, what it was. It that's was hilarious. Love boat on a train. I'm wow. sure that's how it was pitched. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now the asshole. Uh, oh, um, who gave his daughter a job even though she spelling. used st- Aaron spelling. Aaron spelling. Oh. I think it might have been Aaron spelling. Wow. Yeah. I think, who was the was the producer of Fantasy Island and Love Boat. So it's like, I don't know if it was. But in the show, though, they bragged that, again, it's a bullet train. It could go 250 miles per hour. It's about 400 kilometers an hour. It could cruise, and its normal cruising speed was 190 miles per hour, which is over 300 kilometers for our friends not in America. <laughs> but in, in the show, though, it would take a full 36 hours 
to go from Los Angeles to New York, which was slower than the Amtrak bullet train for that took it to go from Los Angeles to New York at the time. So it was weird. They weren't really clear of, of how they needed that kind of time to develop characters and develop shows. Yeah. So they yeah. didn't realize no one did the math. Yeah. So, right. You know what? That didn't work. So later they, they added on the show, they added like some, oh, because we stop at places. Like, you're trying to, oh, we stop oh at there you go. Cities for that a makes while. sense. We just don't show it. And so it was not Aaron Spelling. Oh, who was it? I don't know. Donald E. Westlake and Earl Wallace created it. Well, they clearly ripped off one critic at the time. Yeah. Said that in Variety in 1979 said, quote, it's a love boat on wheels, which has yet to get on track. Ooh, okay. How funny. And, and the set, it was not cheap at all. It was very expensive. It was elaborately designed, had big old oversized sets, and had a very, very expensive model train to do like, you know, the exterior shots, kind of the long shots. Uh, one of the early episodes, that model tr- train wrecked and caught on fire, and they had to remake it completely. Oh, gosh. It cost a fortune. Yeah, I think I um I heard about this show on like, Top ten biggest, most expensive flops yes. in history, or something it, it like that. It was the most expensive series in the, in the country at the time. Yeah, to the um, executive producer and production company was Dan Curtis, who yeah. did um, Dark Shadows and Trilogy of Terror. Really? So he was like a horror. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Well, he got huh. Super Train made, and Super Train was a massive yeah. flop. It was finally canceled after about half season. Now, this was 1979, 1980, combined with the 1980 boycott of the U.S. Olympics that NBC was going to air, which costed millions of dollars in lost revenue. NBC almost went bankrupt with these two things happening back to back. Wow. Huh. They spent so much on Super Train, and they, That's funny. And they lost a ton from the, from the boycott they didn't expect in the Moscow Olympics of 1980 that they, we nearly didn't have an NBC after 1980. Well, goodness. Oh, my we God. wouldn't have had our messy TV or whatever. Yes. Thursday night. The whole Thursday night yeah. sitcom block. Friends and Seinfeld. And I was going to say, were all those shows on NBC? Yeah, yeah. they were. I'm sure yeah. that would have happened. Just on uh, Fox. No. no. <laughs> the next one, you've, I'm sure you've never heard of. I never have. It was, it's actually, I'm going to break my rule that for this one, so only and have a soap opera, because it was a, it, but it was British. Mm. It was BBC. BBC One, too, as a matter of fact. It was called El Dorado. It was a show. I it, think I've heard of this. Have you really? <laughs> I think so, yeah. It explored the lives of, it was 1992 when it came on. Wasn't alive, but I no. think I've heard of it. it. It explored the lives and loves, I imagine, of some English and some other foreign expatriates living in on the coast of Spain. And they, the, the, I guess the, the, for whatever reason, they did have a couple of established actors there, right? But they hired, they filled out the cast. And in fact, the bulk of the cast was some very unestablished amateur actors mm-hmm. are effectively right they didn't know what they're doing they weren't ready for even soap opera level prime time some some of the actors didn't know what a read-through was before <laughs> they were gonna like let's do the first read-through it's like what's that what's I, that i mean a re you know that's a, a core yeah. you know any young actor knows what that is uh, so so they had problems right away and to try to seem more kind of pan-european they had some of the actors speak other foreign languages with no subtitles, and oh, Jesus. some of the actors they had him do these these accents, and they didn't know how to do accents, so they're doing terrible, unidentifiable, vaguely European accents, and some are speaking non-English languages with no subtitles. That sounds like a huh. great idea. Yeah, it was also technically 
challenged because they didn't film on a set. They filmed on these villas, just actual real villas with kind of just flat white walls. Mm-hmm. And so the sound and the acoustics were awful. It was really <laughs> echoey and had terrible, terrible sound. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of this show. So it was yeah. just a bad production. Oh, not horrible, like... but, but it was BBC. And yeah. And experienced people doing it. Hmm. The show opened. Its opening storyline was about a middle-aged man named Bunny, because it's England, and a lot of middle-aged men were named Bunny. He arrives <laughs> back in Spain in the uh, coast of uh, uh, El Dorado with his 17-year-old newlywed wife. Oh, oh. good God. Yeah, and it, it just it got worse. It lasted about one year before finally they mercifully wow. canceled it. They think they were trying to just like get buzz yeah. mm-hmm. by being gross. They didn't God. realize how gross and a big turnoff that was. So it, it was you know, universally panned. It was terrible. Our next entry is from roughly the same the same network and kind of roughly the same era as Super Train, but it was I thought uh, it was actually a decent idea. It's called Manimal. Oh, sounds familiar. Yeah, it's kind of a personal favorite of mine though because <laughs> of course it honestly, is. I was going to say the premise is actually kind of solid. Mm-hmm. It's it uh, was on NBC again. It ran from September 30th to December 17th, 1983. So it didn't oh, catch wow. on, obviously. The show starred Simon McCorkendale. Remember him? Uh-huh. Hunky blonde actor. I think he's well, British. Hunky. Yeah, he Supposedly was, hunky. Yeah. Uh, you don't think he's hunky? No. You think I'm, I'm, I'm cuter? <laughs> uh, do you? Do you? Uh, do you? He was kind of dorky for Can't help notice you didn't answer that question, Gary. Can't Well, help. yes, obviously, because I married you and not Simon McCorkendale. Really? So you married me because I'm the most attractive man in the world. That's what she's saying, yes. Okay, well, I'm not buying it. More attractive than Simon McCorkendale. (laughs) Thank you. I don't think that's true, personally, but okay. So he was named Dr. Jonathan Chase, and his his shtick, he could turn into any animal he wanted to at any time, and he used his powers to help this police detective friend of his solve crimes. (laughs) That was the premise. You think that's a great... I, I think it's solid. I do. That's I mean, like, he can turn into anything. I thought it was like a hybrid, like a man-animal hybrid thing. No, he would change, the idea was yeah. he would change actually into that animal. So, so far, so good. I think you're great, right? Uh-huh. But how did that help a police officer? Because you, you just don't question it, <laughs> right? If you can turn into People say things in front of animals that they See? don't say in front no, of another person. I don't think it's oh. really an eavesdropping thing. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Uh, remember, though, this is 1983. This is way before they had CGI. So... Although uh, Jonathan could be any creature he wanted to, invariably, in every show, he turned into dog. either a hawk or a black panther. Oh. Oh, my God. I'm guessing that's because the animal wrangler they hired. Yeah. Look at hawk and a really good black panther and not a whole lot else, I'm thinking. He occasionally, he'd become a horse, a dolphin, a bear, or a bull, but mostly a hawk and a black panther. And <laughs> always, the transformation will be off screen. Completely. He's like, okay, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> Get off screen. Spins. And come back. <laughs> no, it would not even spin. <laughs> One time they showed him kind of morph into a snake. That was it. Otherwise, and the special effects actually was done by Stan Winston. Legendary. The greatest special effects of his era, of the 70s and 80s. He did like American Warworth in London. Oh, okay. I mean, just a, a top-notch special effects guy. So again, this was not cheap. This is on NBC. This mm-hmm. is back when yeah. there's really only three networks, and they spent a lot of money on, the, on their new shows. Mm-hmm. But it still was on a TV budget. And since this was American TV, Dr. Chase, who always wore like a three-piece suit, he's very well-dressed, he would obviously have to change into a panther or whatever. His suit would have to, it was just suddenly be gone. And you'd never even see it around where he was transforming. And then when he changed back into an anim, into a human, again, on off screen, 
he was back into his completely perfect three-piece suit what? with no explanation of how that happened. <laughs> well, so really, I mean, there's obviously magic involved. I so still, I, I don't come know. on, or hold something. Science. I don't know. I guess, Carrie, you're you're being very kind. Later on, <laughs> later on, he simply, rather than change into the animal, he simply kind of absorbed his power somehow. Like he could be, you know, really whatever, fast like a black panther, or really um, supple like a snake, or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna guess budget cuts. Probably, yeah. So good. They say, you know what? Come cut back, and um, why don't well, they cut back fast? soon, right? Because it didn't last it didn't very last long. Very long, but it doesn't take long for them to say your you yeah know, your budget's just been halved. Manimal though was slotted opposite CBS's extremely popular Dallas. Mm-hmm. Show, oh gosh. which could be an entry in, in this list easily on its own. And so it was canceled after eight episodes. Huh. So it was I bad wonder, and it had a, a brutal time. I wonder stop. what I was watching instead because I didn't watch Dallas either. Did you watch Manimal? No. <laughs> I don't. You know, I remember it. I probably tuned in. It was really bad though. Didn't. I I'm, you know, didn't really watch it very much, but I, I'm sure I tuned in. And saw yeah. It just I have... The premise intrigued me and thought, like, wow, this is, this is terrible, but huh. oh well. I don't remember it. This next entry is just a piss off Emma. What is it, bitch? It's a TV special called Megalodon, the monster shark lives. That doesn't piss me. I don't. (laughs) I just think Megalodon's the actual animal that once existed that might still exist. Emma actually does think that there's still (laughs) Megalodon. It's an ongoing joke. I don't really think Mm -hmm. Megalodon's exist. I would just think it would be so fucking cool if they did. Of course it would be, obviously. And I just think Megalodons are dope. Never going to water. Prehistoric animals are super cool. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Crazy weird ones, big ones. They used to be so big back I then. Do, I, I want to do an episode on that. Love that. Extinct animals or prehistoric animals. Anyway, this was part of Discovery Channel's... Shark Week? No, nah, it was, but it was, it was, it was kind of... I, I guess it wasn't the beginning, but it was part of their descent into just schlock and lies chasing yeah. after ratings. I mean, they've become just shit. Everything on their show now is just complete bullshit. It's super dishonest. It's no science. You know, it used to be kind of a highbrow... Kind of a channel, kind of sciency. It's disgusting. So yeah. it was the 2013 kickoff to Shark Week for that year, and it kind of pretended to be this documentary, a legit documentary that followed these scientists out in the water, and they—I I don't remember exactly—but they somehow discovered that there were, saw, saw signs that there was a megalodon out there alive and, and kicking. The megalodon being, if you don't know, the 60, 70 foot prehistoric shark that has clearly been dead for millions of years and discovery it was kind of a mockumentary but they didn't they say didn't say so. so no they played it like this was straight up like this was a they played it like an absolute documentary and people believed it yeah 100 percent believed it happened and actually i saw this in a video as well they hired a real oceanographer or marine biologist or something like that and interviewed him and didn't tell him that this was, you know, going to be passed off as... So they basically used his knowledge and his expertise to try to yeah. make this a real thing. So like he's just, talking see, about Megalodon. Look. Yeah. And they, they edit out the parts where, you know, the extinct Megalodon. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. The giant Megalodon was... Yeah. Huh. And it was... And, and they, they, they said they got a lot of shit for doing this because it was very dishonest. But they said, no, no, we had a disclaimer. It turns out it was like a fine print scroll that ran at the beginning of the show that even then was still very ambiguous and said something like, like, it is still controversial if these things actually happened. We're about to show you. What the f-? So it wasn't really a disclaimer at all. But they said, oh, that's a disclaimer, so we're good. 
Like the mermaid huh. documentary they made? Yes, yeah. Very much like that. And Gosh. people, stupid people, believed that they were like, yeah, yeah. mermaids are real. Watch the documentary. Yeah. Their, their discovery is pretty evil. <laughs> uh, science writer named Christy Wilcox wrote an open letter to Discovery, quote, Part of me is furious with you, Discovery, for doing this. <laughs> but mostly, I'm just deeply saddened. It's inexplicably, inexplicably depressing that you've gone from, quote, the world's number one nonfiction media company to peddling lies and faking stories for ratings. I Damn, agree bitch. with Christy. Yeah, I was going to say, did you write that? Uh, no, Christy did. <laughs> and I concur. <laughs> Now we turn to an actual documentary that was not a mockumentary. That was one of Carrie's favorite documentaries from, I don't know the year. Was it the early 1980s? It was called The Mystery of Al Capone's Vaults. This show was, it was a show that should have put the final nail in the coffin of Geraldo Rivera's horrible journalistic life. Don't know who that is. Uh, the, he's, uh, he's now, I think, on Fox News. Probably. Yes, he, but he was kind of a. He was on a show called 2020, which was an ABC News magazine show, like you know, 60 Minutes or something like that. And he was also did uh, uh, other ABC News segments. Uh, 1986. 1986. This came on. He had just been fired. Geraldo had just been fired from ABC News, and he's kind of in between gigs. So he decided to do this TV special because somebody had just found a, a vault buried under, like, I guess, an old speakeasy in Chicago. And it was said that, I guess, Al Capone I remember, owned the speakeasy or said some connection yeah. with that vault, this room, this un, unopened room that had been closed since, the, I guess, the 30s or 20s. So, okay, we'll do a special. We'll go on live TV and we'll dig out that vault and see what's there. What could go wrong? And then they, you know, they had to, like, use special whatevers to get into it it wasn't you know they yeah. didn't it's not like they had the combination no, or the key the, so they, they had, had to, had to break use a, a blowtorch or With whatever special whatevers yeah a lot of special, <laughs> lot of special wait why did you say this is mom's favorite was that like a joke because okay. we've brought it up we before. saw we watched it live it didn't happen and it was <laughs> did we watch the whole thing I, I distinctly remember watching this thing because i, I remember d- when there he, was it ended so much hype yeah, it was incredibly hype really oh yeah huge they were talking about like, uh, okay, so we're going to have two. They think, is it going to be gold? Is it going to be cash? Or is it going to be dead bodies? Dead bodies? Oh, my <laughs> God. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. It's live prime time. So for two hours, Geraldo kind of hems and haws. And he had, like, stories ready and packaged about, like, Al Capone, about Chicago crime. And he, was, he interviewed some people for two hours. While behind him, when he came, when he came back to the live shots, there's people, you know, working yeah. with jackhammers and shit like that and blowtorches and special whatever. It's very <laughs> Trying to get into the, the last, you know, cement or whatever uh, door or not wall of this vault. Yeah. And boom, last one comes. I think didn't didn't Geraldo come over and, and like move cr- aside the last bricks or whatever to expose and, and look inside the vault. And he was like, it's like he's looking inside of King Tut's tomb. And it is not a god. I was going to say. A few nothing. Old dust covered. Uh, moonshine yeah, empty bottles. moonshine yeah. bottles and that's it it's literally a completely empty room it's like three bottles in the corner completely empty it was phenomenal so yeah it's pretty dumb it was so awesome jesus that's i can't believe i've never heard of that the most anticlimactic moment in the history of yeah. television geraldo remember he had just been fired from abc he on i remember this he on air sort of mused like that's it for me i'm done <laughs> my career is over seriously and he just kind of dejectedly ended the show because there's a lot. I mean, I would, yeah. I mean, he's stupid for hyping up something that could so 
easily be nothing. nothing. Yeah. yeah. I'm I saying it's Al Capone's. It like, certainly was nothing. Yeah. No, but you, you're not, you don't care. You got two hours of great ratings and made a shitload of money. Unfortunately, Geraldo was wrong. <laughs> His career did resume with awful, awful consequences for the world. He's a dick. Yeah. I so. Know. I don't know what he did after that, but I don't know what he did. He did just new stuff for a while, but again, eventually he found his way. Oh, to Fox. he had a daytime talk show. Yes, that's right. He did. Yeah, a daytime sh- talk show, and then eventually he found his way to Fox News. Yeah, where he was like the so like the House liberal allegedly. No, the fuck? no, he's just that. Yeah, hack no, not at all. Douchebag. The next one you've probably I, I think you've never heard of it. I had I had like a super 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 vague memory of this, but never saw it. We're going to go back to the 1980s because so many great things came from that <laughs> decade. Say, yeah, the 1980s thing? was kind of bad TV. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you also had massive shoulder pads and jackets. You had parachute Huge pants. Huge hair. Glam rock, big hair. And greed was good yeah. in mm-hmm. the 1980s. Wall Street, Something, maybe. by the way, that's trying to make a comeback right now. And I think I think the youth of America are having none of it. Oh, my I generation so. is having none of it. Mm-hmm. It's good. Twitter is having none of it. But that generation in the 1980s was having a lot of a it. A lot of coke. And they had to suspend A lot of money laundering. Yes. So this was a show called uh, The Powers of Matthew Star. Anything? Uh, you were very young. It was in 1982, 83. Thank you. 82, 83. It rings a little bell, but I don't know what so, it was same about. Same here. When yeah. I read this, I go, yeah, you know what? I, sounds I knew kind it of familiar. At the time, yeah. That kind of a thing. Like, you know, again, there are only three networks, only so many new shows. You just heard about some uh-huh. of these shows, especially when they were heavily promoted. You couldn't kind of miss it. Yeah. So this was on NBC. It was, again, NBC <laughs> bringing you so much shit in the 80s. It starred a guy named Peter Barton. He played yep, an alien prince named Matthew Ehawk Star. Oh my god! <laughs> of the planet Quadrus, he Amy Steele played uh, Pam Elliott, his girlfriend at a high school called Crestridge High, <laughs> and Louis Gossett Jr., a very well-known veteran actor. I know yeah. that name. He was Matthew's kind of guardian. His name was Walt DeHigh Shepherd. Luckily for them, Peter Barton and Amy Steele beat out. Actors Tom Cruise and Heather Locklear for those two. Oh, roles. wow. Wow. By that I mean, luckily for Tom and Heather. I'm sure they were like, whew, <laughs> yes. bullet dodged. Sometimes you think, God, I'm sure they're so pissed off and they didn't get that gig. That, it's like, that oh, was going to be my big break. I'll never be somebody now. Yeah, I probably watched an episode or two of this because it looks super familiar. I'm going to go do this super stupid movie called Top Gun. Okay, and that'll go it. nowhere. They went for this. Uh, no, he did um, a movie in Mexico first. It was, it was actually Tom Cruise? Uh, yeah. Losing it. Losing it. Losing it. Did that glamour shot. <laughs> is that Peter Barton? Is that a boy? I don't remember him. <laughs> yeah. Huh. He was like one of the, yeah, one of the teen idols of the yeah. time, actors of the time. So it got off to a bad start, the, the Matthew Star show, when it was delayed, when mm. Peter Barton fell backward into like a pyrotechnic special effect. He f- fell into it. And Louis Gossett Jr., who was, for the scene, was tied up in a chair fell onto him. Ooh. Owie. I know. Gossett luckily was able to get loose and he was he rescued Peter Barton from that but but Barton was really badly burned. Wow. He had to go to the hospital he took 9 months to recover. So essentially it was delayed like a season and a half. Wow. From that. Wow. Yeah, he was, he was very badly hurt. It was amazing they stuck with him to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm, I you would think that wow. they would just like, say, "Hey, we'll get someone let's else." Let's get Tom Cruise. Let's get, we'll start <laughs> yeah. shooting next week. I know. Tom Cruise is probably like, "Get my agent up." <laughs> <laughs> the guy got burned. So, its single season was marred by this weird mid-show radical change. 
So it, it first it starts off as kind of like a, like a high school show, a high school mm-hmm. adventure. He's this alien yeah. trying to be a normal kid in high school. He has a girlfriend, as I mentioned, and uh, Lewis Gossett Jr., who remember is Walt Shepard, and he calls him Shep. So he calls him Shep. He's like his guardian from his planet, and he poses as a science teacher to keep an eye on him and be nearby, right? No one else knows the secret except Shep and I think one other character. Then suddenly, I guess there's a hiatus between shows 12 and 13, like a mid-season hiatus. It comes back, and suddenly Matthew and Walt, Lewis Gossett Jr., are working for some shadowy government agency doing exotic missions for them. The high school, the whole storyline, gone. The girlfriend, gone. What? Oh. And he's calling, he had been calling Lewis Gossett Jr. Shep. He now just suddenly calls him Walt. No no reason, no explanation for that. That's so weird. It even seemed that Matthew was older. Like, like there was no mention of he had even been in high school or was in high school. It seemed like they were playing that character as older. So if, but if there was any kind of a jump in time, they never told the audience that. Hmm. What? Uh, and so they went on these missions. And he returned to the, um, the subplot was that they needed to get back to their world where Matthew could take his rightful place as ruler of the world. But there are bad aliens after him. So they, they, they kind of backburned that and just focus on these episodic mission by mission for this government agency. There's still some bad aliens around, but they just hmm. changed, they kind of dropped that subplot That's for the weird. most part. Hmm. Uh, it's it's hilarious. It's, it's the weirdest show change ever. And, and also, Matthew had previously he had previously had some kind of telekinetic powers. Now, though, he developed again in the in the interim, he developed these additional powers, including the ability <laughs> the ability to astral project an image of himself oh my God. that could walk through walls, mm. and he could also transmute solid objects and do different things, different shapes. Just like, let's give oh. some more powers. That'll be cool. What, what, what are you thinking? It's like a, it's like a workshop in it. That's funny. So that was uh, the powers of Matthew Starr, with the powers being very different from first half season, second half season, but they canceled after one season. Wow, how sad. Poor um, Peter Barton. Poor Peter Barton. Because I, I, did he do anything? I mean, I, like I said, I don't, I don't remember him at all from anything else. He might have been in like Friday the 13th movies that and kind of thing, stuff, yeah. Here's the one you haven't heard of that's before our time. It's from the mid-60s. It's called My Mother, the Car. <laughs> I've heard of this. We've heard, most of yes. heard of it. Heard of yeah. it. But it's one of those, it's kind of an old school classic. It's honestly one of those, how the hell are you I know, that is just bizarre. It's, yeah. Especially in the mid-60s when they were yeah. very adventurous. It tells the story of a man whose mother dies. And she's reincarnated as a 1928 Porter Touring Car. I'm not 100% sure what that is. No. It's an old big car, I think. And remember, this is 1965. So mm-hmm. are people really driving around 1928 cars? cars? You wouldn't think so. Yeah. Uh, the lead character is named David Crabtree. He's a lawyer and he needs a car. So he goes in this used car lot and, sell- and he sees this old clunker and it's cheap. And I guess apparently suddenly starts speaking to him in the voice of his mother, his dearly departed mother. So he buys it. Because he wants to, and he lovingly restores it to be, you know, yeah. his his mom, because he's very sentimental that way. Crabtree, by the way, the lead character, he was played by Dick Van Dyke's brother, Jerry Van Dyke. Yeah. Remember him? He was kind of the... Goofy. He was He's kind of the Stephen Baldwin to Alec Baldwin of the 1960s. Mm. You know, he wasn't nearly as talented or funny as, as his, his, his older yeah. brother, but he did get some gigs. How sad. Yeah, it is. Uh, so he restores it. 
But hilarity ensues when they need to create some conflict, right? Mm -hmm. So they have this crazy car collector named Captain Manzini, and he obsessively tries first to buy the car from Crabtree, but when he won't sell, he, he just, I guess a lot of the show is centered on him trying to steal the car from him. And he just clutches on it because <laughs> oh, he had geez. to add it to his collection. Yeah. Like that. So it was a terrible show and it was panned from the very beginning. But it's credited now as kind of giving presaging some later shows that did become kind of kooky and out there. Things like I Dream of Genie, Mr. Ed, My Favorite Martian that were mm -hmm. successful and better shows. But it kind of opened the door for some some more weirdness on television yeah. than television had been used to at the time. Hmm. So it was influential, but in a, in a good way. Maybe. I Dream of Genie. Uh, Mr. Ed. Yeah, Mr. I Dream of Genie was great. Every show was a misunderstanding that could have been cleared up in 30 seconds, just like Bewitched. Every show. Admit it. Admit it, Carrie. Doesn't matter. It was still a good show. Dumb. Just ask Genie. So well, was, we met that. Um, okay, the show's over. My favorite Martian was good, too. Yeah. I never watched Mr. Ed. I mean, I was aware of it, and yeah. you know, I saw snippets talk. every now and then. But my favorite Martian became not. a Martian by having antennas grow out from the back of his head. Yeah, literally behind him, <laughs> not from his head. And it was Ray Walston. <laughs> okay, okay, it was good. It was a good show. Yeah, it was terrible, terrible. Next one, I want to go to a talk show. Okay, mix it up a little bit. Thought you said you weren't going to do that. Yeah, I did too. I want to do one. Okay. <laughs> well, not a daytime talk show, a nighttime talk show. Okay. Oh. Okay. And there have been a lot of bad nighttime talk shows. Late Night with Jay Leno. Arsenio Hall. Yes. Arsenio Hall was not bad. Oh. How dare you? You're kind of racist, Gary. So um, I actually it was pretty terrible. <laughs> uh, most of them, though, are real. I mean, let's be honest. Nighttime talk show hosts are kind of a half notch above infomercial. They're just there for a cross promotion. You I like some of them. You talk your movie or TV show, and, and I get people Depends. watch me because you're on Depends show. on who they are. Not James Corden. James Corden is good. He is like a variety show at yeah, this point. I know. Yes. You, I don't know about James Corden. I, I suspect so, but you'd be shocked how much of the banter is scripted. The one, well, the yeah, one that is 110% what you say, in my opinion, is Jimmy Fallon. Total sellout. I don't like his whatsoever. He is the worst Jimmy, in my opinion. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel's... The Jimmy. He's the worst Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Of the Jimmy. Jimmy of Kimmel's the, pretty the cool. And like Seth Meyers and... I like Seth Meyers. I don't watch Fuck. the show. I don't watch any of those shows. But Stephen I, I, Colbert. They're I really Stephen political. Colbert. Their shows are borderline just political shows at yep. this point. Um, and their ratings have gotten a lot better because of that. Yes. Colbert's show started out kind of ho-hum. And then... Yeah. I thought yeah. he was going to get of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it spiked his ratings tremendously. And I'm sure Seth Meyers' ratings tremendously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this one, the worst one, though, is pretty much by acclamation, Chevy Chase. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, Heard of this. It was the attempt by everyone's favorite asshole, Chevy Chase, to transition to a talk show because his, his film career had kind of stalled a little bit. And so they, you know, he, he's funny and, and quick and, and engaging, as they thought at least. So let's see if he can, he can be a, a, a quippy talk show host with a lot of, you know, skits and stuff like that in mm -hmm. between. But it just, it, nothing went right from the beginning. For one thing, his hands very noticeably shook. Hmm. And people noticed that and commented right away. And so everybody thought, oh, he's super nervous. Which I can sympathize with because my hands shake a lot. It has nothing to do with nerves whatsoever. My hands shake too. So I, I'm sure he had whatever we have. But An iron he, deficiency. But it looked like, yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but it looked like he was really nervous. Yeah. The audience also was incredibly raucous. It came to be called the worst audience of, of nighttime TV. 
they would hoot and holler over guests and just, you know, yell inappropriately and shout out things. They're terrible. Because it was Chevy Chase or? I don't know. It just, he Hmm. let it, they let it happen to some, it became that audience for some reason. They repeated a taped bit from the first week in the second week. Oh. Wow. It's like, oh, we got nothing. Okay, we'll put the one from last Wednesday on this Wednesday. I mean, that was humiliating. Uh, the material was considered very hackneyed, very unfunny. Chevy fell back on his pratfall kind of humor pretty quickly, mm. which he was famous for from Saturday Night Live in the late 70s. He One time Chevy begged the audience to get up on their seats and dance, and no one did. You're not Ooh. Ellen. Yeah, I, exactly. It drew half the audience. Fox had promised its advertisers, and so they axed it pretty quickly just to save money. How many episodes? Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I mean, it was a, a nightly show, so it lasted. It, it was on for a few months, wasn't it? I don't. I, I don't. I, don't, I, don't I didn't exactly. watch late night talk shows because no, I can never stay away. I, I did see that once or twice. <laughs> just, to, just like you know. Oh, did you like Chevy Chase? I like Chevy Chase. Yeah, and so it was. It, it was as bad as they, they say. Damn, it was I, terrible. I've, yeah, I've early that. Chevy Chase. Yes, like SNL yes. Chevy Chase. Yeah, Chevy Chase guy, and, and he is considered one of the and his earlier movies. Yeah, yeah. Every no, list, everyone hates him. Every list of like worst you know actors yeah. to work with, he's always pretty really high up on that list. Yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, I think he's always been on that. He's always been an asshole. Yeah, think, yeah. SNL people have said. Oh god, yeah. Like Bill the Murray women, the women have been yeah. like Chevy was a dick. Yeah. to all really? of us. Really? Yeah. Said that too. Huh. He's an asshole too. Because Bill Murray was younger and less and less established than Chevy Chase was. And he was, and, and he was, but he was the other kind of merging, emerging star. Mm-hmm. And so Chevy Chase was a huge asshole to him. This is like, he threatened him, I think. Yeah. Come on, Chevy. So uh, huh. let's move from talk shows, that's the last talk show we're going to do, to a show called Viva Laughlin. <laughs> what? Wait, you thought Cop Rock was the only primetime television show that had dramatic actors break into song? Well, you're probably Viva Laughlin. Probably reasonable to have thought that, but you would be wrong. The Viva Laughlin was about yeah, it's about a man named Ripley Holden. Not <laughs> Ripley Laughlin. Ripley Holden wanted to run a casino in Laughlin, Nevada. Yeah, Laughlin. For those of you who don't know, is a super cheesy kind of geriatric alternative to Las Vegas. It's in yeah. southern Nevada. It hugs the Colorado River, so you can kind of jet ski right up to a slot machine. Mm. And it's 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 known for a much older crowd. It's uh, so why I, I think it was kind of a joke. It was based on a British show called uh, Viva Blackpool. And I think in England, oh. Blackpool is kind of their their Laughlin, their kind of cheesy gambling place that kind of you know. Uh, Low low level tourists like to go to. That's a, that's a terrible thing to say, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like to go to and play nickel slots and stuff like that. Like Reno is now. No, I don't <laughs> say that at all, Carrie. You bad mouth the Reno in my presence. I, I, you I, like, like Reno? Laughlin is. I like Reno. Yeah, kind of. Never been. So Ripley loses his funding for the casino about when it's about half finished. So he has to turn to his rival, Nikki Fontana. Mm. Oh, I don't know if these names are supposed to be parody names. or I, I don't think it was intended like that. Nikki Fontana was played by Hugh Jackman. Oh, my god! Are you serious? Hugh Jackman was the producer and, and, and of the show, and he was instrumental. When was what year? 2007. Oh, wow. He was a big star. He got it made. Uh, yeah. Remember, what does Hugh Jackman like to do besides um, have claws come out of his hands? He likes, he he likes, likes musical dance. theater. He yeah. likes to sing. He's That's actually his, returning to Broadway. Is he? That's his yes. true love. So he thought, yeah. you know, I might. I can do both here. He'll That's be playing. Um, terrible. 
What's the character's name? He'll know. be Music Man. He'll be playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Hank, Hank, something. Hank, yeah. Hank, Hank. Uh, he's the Beast in X Men. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He'll be he'll be playing the Music Man in Music Hank Man. Something. It's probably not. Even it's close not Hank. Henry Hill. Henry Hill. Henry Hill. Henry Hill. Well, his friends call him Hank. Hill, yeah, so his friends call him Hank Hill. <laughs> so he, he goes to this Nikki Fontana, and Nikki Fontana says, "No, I'm not going to give you anything because I want that casino for myself because everybody wants to be a casino magnate in Laughlin." I c- cannot believe this existed. It's I hilarious. have to find this. Uh, yeah, Ripley, and then Ripley's ex-partner is found dead. So now he's involved in this oh. murder investigation. So it's not, it's a, I think of I've never seen it. A very no, I've never even heard of it. Never heard show. of it. Who played Ripley? Yeah, I was just going to ask. Uh, somebody I'd never heard of. I'm going to look name, it up. See if I wow. And all of this drama, by the way, has the actors occasionally breaking out into song yeah. on Cop Rock. Remember, this is after Cop Rock, the debacle oh, that was Cop Rock. 20 years after Cop yeah. Rock. At one huh. point, Hugh Jackman dances on pool tables while he sings Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> and Melanie Griffith gets to sing One Way. Oh, no, they're oh. dressed in lingerie. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of him. Wow. Lloyd Owen. Lloyd Owen, never, never heard, heard of him. Yeah. Bizarrely, the lead actors didn't just, they didn't sing the songs. They sang over the the records of the song with the original vocal tracks intact. Oh. So they're just like kind of singing over yeah. songs. Anna Kendrick was in it. Anna Kendrick was in it? Yes. Oh, I missed that. Wow. Anna Kendrick and Mad Chin Amick. Oh. oh, I've heard of that. Person. Yeah, she, she's she from did, Twin Peaks. She, yeah, she did Twin uh, Peaks. Uh, yeah. yeah so, and I mean, now Riverdale. Well, again, it was a Is Riverdale on this show. list? No. Riverdale should be on this list. Oh, okay. It's a it's a current really? show. It's a I've heard of it. It's a but teen drama based. There are people who really like Riverdale. But it is they oh but people who well, But there's not. people who like <laughs> yeah. there's people who like, you know, 13 reasons why. Like it's yes. it's that type of show. It's a teen drama based on the Archie comics. Yeah. And it is I think they're trolling us. I think it's supposed to be dark. And, I think the yeah. writers are trolling us. Well, it is ridiculously the whole idea bad. Of turning the Archies into something dark and murderous and mysterious is insane. And I think it's a great idea. It, it's a good it, idea. It might not have been done well, it was, but it, I think it's a great idea. It, it, some of the most ridiculous writing ever. Ever. It, really? And they do musical episodes as well. You know, I'm oh, wow. Network. I've never seen it. I'm going to pitch a network show. You ready? Little Orphan Annie, but she was abused as a child. And Super dark. She's and now a prostitute. She's 16 and she's on the streets. Yeah. So honestly, somebody uh, would pick uh, that uh, up. Fentanyl. Somebody Daytime would pick Fentanyl that up. Like, HBO. Yeah. HBO they Showtime did. would do that. This is called The Orphan. <laughs> so people didn't like this show because it lasted two episodes. <gasps> One oh, episode in Hugh's native Australia. <laughs> they canceled oh. it after the first show. Wow. Oh, I bet Hugh was <laughs> oh, devastated. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. Poor I don't Hugh. know how many they filmed, but it lasted. Oh, wow. Because he was already well into being Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. God, Hugh. Again, he just, he's looking for anything. He can sing and dance. And how many TV shows can you sing and dance? Viva Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pop Rock. <laughs> Crazy Ex Girlfriend now okay, is that well, show. That's a good show. Yeah, it's a great show. He'll like this show. You probably don't know it either, but it was, I think, one of the best satiric news shows in the history of shows. It was called The Half Hour News Hour. I'm being facetious. It okay, was, was Fox News trying to match the impact of The Daily Show with their own kind of right-wing satire on topical events and news of the day, and it's like that. Oh my god, that sounds like a nightmare. It, yeah. Here's the problem. Shows like The Daily Show and things like that, their humor is derived from some kind of core truth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not funny. Yeah. So if you try to shoehorn your ideology 
into something to make it funny is not going to be funny. I was it can't say, be funny. Just, but that'd be true if it's liberal or conservative. If you try to if you try to force your ideology on satire, satire will spit it back at you and say, mm-hmm. "Not today, Satan." <laughs> and and that's what happened here. It was it was a, just an unbelievably terrible show. I was gonna feel like I, I would feel like conservative people wouldn't even like it. Uh, it did pretty well. It was on Fox News. Well, and but that's just it, like it was, loyal. Yeah, it was Fox their Fox. Viewers, yeah. Exactly. It's exactly they thought, I, I have to watch this. Fox said so. Yeah. So, because remember, these people are not sheeple. No. At all. You are. But you are. Not. I'm not. Uh, it, this is also at the end. It was 2007. So it was toward the end of the Bush administration. This was a time where people weren't really laughing at the stuff Bush had done and was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is when he was very unpopular from the Persian Gulf War. Soldiers were dying. And it was overtly a show to prop up Bush. In fact, this, the creator would say, where is it? He's, the creator would say that his description of the show was the daily show for conservatives. He said, you can turn on any show and see Bush being bashed. There really is nothing out there for those who want satire that tilts right. It was, it was kind of like a, like a fake news show. So it wasn't like the, you know, the daily show is kind of a fake news show too, but mm-hmm. they're just, they're themselves, right? Mm-hmm. These were actors playing characters oh, doing a news show. That's weird. Yeah. It's a little bit weird. And one of the recurring persons on it was, yes, you guessed it, everyone's favorite right-wing comedian, Dennis Miller. Don't know oh, who that God, is. Yeah. He's a former Saturday Night Live weekend, up, weekend Update host for years. Yeah. For a long time really? in the 80s, early 90s. See, that's why I don't know him. I'm not sure. Yeah. And he did a segment called, The Buck Starts Here. <laughs> because <laughs> Dennis Miller it has the talent level to think that's funny. So mm-hmm. he did that. It was. It, it was, some of the recurring bits were, Conspiracy Corner, where guests oh present accepted information about a topic, but that information is treated as far-fetched by the host, who, who is a, like a left-winger. It, it, was a, it was a thing called Guy White, Closet Conservative, which is a cartoon. Hollywood Helping Humanity, which were like fake PSAs of like Hollywood liberals, but for ridiculous causes like recycling breast implants. Oh, and hilarious. Some of, actors, some of the actors who were in these sketches were included Layla Milani. Ken Davidian, Ian Ziering, and Lorenzo Lamas. So, see, I know who a lot of talent. I know the yeah. last two. Yeah, a lot of some some A listers. Oh, and they also had a thing called presidential dresses by yes, Rush Limbaugh. Oh my god, they do a camp playing the president with Ann Coulter as his vice president. Oh my Jesus. lord! And they were like, one day this is going to happen. <laughs> I'm sure they, they thought so. <sighs> it uh, it got a 12 out of 100 on a on the Metacritic. Uh, scale wow. so it was absolutely pan business insider ranked it the number one on its list of the 50 worst tv shows in modern history <laughs> yeah <laughs> how long did it last um it lasted a few months because again mm. it's it's fun. yeah yeah his ratings were sinking and they find and they, it, it was a combination of, of, of sinking ratings and it was being savaged it was embarrassing even they could realize this is just not funny it's wow. terrible the next show we have is something Let's go back to something that was uh, also painfully unfunny, but at least it wasn't insulting to people. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No. First, let's do a show called Pink Lady. The fuck? No? Nothing, Carrie? No. Pink Lady. Sounds great. I I vaguely remember it. It, I was very young. It it was an embassy variety show that came to life in 1980 when the then NBC president, Fred Silverman, he was this massively overrated blowhard who was just untouched because he had he had turned ABC around, and so NBC hired him to turn their terrible network around, mm-hmm. and and he's the guy who brought us Manimal and Super Train. Oh, and Pink Lady. <laughs> I mean, he was awful. 
he's a classic example of how you just got lucky, dude. Yeah. You had a few hit shows at ABC. Your your underlying talent level is nil. So now you get you, you know you, your luck's going to run out, and it did. So Pink Lady was his idea when he saw these these two Japanese women who who performed under under the name Pink Lady. Uh, I think it's me and K, K E I Keiko, and they were like singers performers, right? And they had a a mild hit called Kiss in the Dark. The year before, like when he was watching this, and he's watching some new show with them, and they were very popular in Japan. And he just got, he goes, you know what? That'll translate. Let's give those guys a show. That's May. weird. That's so weird. weird. He literally just saw him on the news and said, call him up and said, give these people a show. Let's do it. Wow. And so they did. So he hired Sid and Marty Croft pr- to produce the show, a variety show. Now, if you oh, don't know Sid and Marty Croft, okay. that seems weird too. These are the brothers, yeah. uh, ca- uh, Canadian brothers of Greek descent who, those are fake names, who, um, had brought us such shows as Sigmund and the Sea Monsters and Land of the Lost. They did hit, hit shows. shows yeah. yeah. They did tons of shows. They did Lidsville. They did. They did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. All, all kinds shows of weird shows. But of? hit shows. In yeah. fairness to them, though, they had, all, they had done variety shows. They had done Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell Sisters. Oh. <laughs> and the, actually the wildly popular Donnie Marie. That was really oh. high. He, he really? They did, they did Donnie, Donnie Marie? Marie? I, I was surprised by that, too. Uh, I was in the live audience of Donnie Marie. No. Really? Yes. Gossip. What year? Do tell. Did you see the make out? Did Late take 70s. Take it off. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. Didn't Donnie Marie, wasn't there like a joke oh, that they were in love uh, with The celebrity guest star was Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook. Don't and he is. sang King of the Road dressed as a hobo. Oh, very nice. Very, mm-hmm. very sensitive. That's yep. Good. That's good. That's all I remember. I don't know what any oh, of these words and were. <laughs> I got Alan uh, Osmond's the, autograph. I don't know who that is. Autograph. There was an Alan Osmond. I Alan Alder. Donnie Marie and the little one. And we went to Hamburger Hamlet before or after and saw somebody else famous there. Maybe Linda Lavin. How do you tell your mom we don't really care about I the don't story know anymore? These, I don't know what any of this Linda means. Lavin Linda played, Lavin played, yeah, she, she was, was very uh, famous, yeah, especially was, then because she played Alice in the TV yeah, show, show Alice. 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 Which is not on this list, by the way. Was that no, because that was a good show. It was a hit show, yeah. Uh, the Croft brothers were told that the two ladies of, of Pink Lady were fluent in English, so everything was going to be just fine. Just fine. It was going to work out really good. Turns out, May, or me, and Kay spoke not one single word of English between them. Oh, not wow. Completely didn't understand English at all. So at a loss, Sid Croft figured, okay, you know what? Let's make lemonade out of lemons. Let's just do something weird. Let's do, quote, he's going to make... The strangest thing that's ever been on television. The whole show was going to come out of a little Japanese box. That was it. And he brought that idea to Fred Silverman. And remember, remember, these are the guys who brought you shows, kids shows, that you had to be on LSD to understand. Yeah. <laughs> True story. Yeah, the very psychedelic. So they were going to turn this into this weird psychedelic variety show. Fred Silverman that was having none of it. He said, no, that's just too different. Let's just do Donnie and Marie. <laughs> <laughs> With two Japanese women who don't speak English. <laughs> so the format of the show was consisted of like musical numbers alternated with sketch comedy. And a, one of the running gags of the show was that the girls' lack of understanding American culture and, and English language was yeah. funny. Yeah. It's, it's very sensitive. So uh, terrible. The, the other title of the show was called Pink Lady and Jeff because NBC <laughs> hired Jeff Altman, <laughs> who's a comedian under contract to them, mm-hmm. to kind of be, they said, we yeah. got to catch someone who knows English. So he was going to sort of translate for them and, and get them through and be able to interact with some of the guests as well in English because they didn't know English. 
And it was weird because it's kind of controversial because there was some give and take about what the title would be and there was some tension because uh, he thought, of, I'm an equal partner in this show and they thought not so much. So this meant though, because they didn't know any English, they had to learn all the lyrics for their songs just by rote English. Yeah. Just to learn to sing it and they'd record it and then they'd play it back when they performed it on the show, but they would then be lip syncing to their recorded English language songs because the network, they wanted to do the songs in Japanese, but the English, but NBC right. said, no, you have to do them in English. So this meant that the recorded songs were, were, you know, were lip synced. And remember, they didn't speak any English and they learned by rote just to record the song. So they're trying to lip sync in a language they don't understand at all <laughs> Jesus. on the show. I mean, the resulting lip syncing was Ashley Simpson bad. I'm sure. <laughs> it, was, it was really obvious their lip syncing. It was terrible. So Pink Lady and Jeff would then end every show by jumping into a hot tub together. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't make this stuff up. It got terrible ratings right away, and the network then pretty quickly moved it to Friday, mm. which is the network's way of saying, you should probably spiff, us, spiff up your resume. Yeah. yeah you're done. Uh, they even tried to add the adorably obnoxious Jim Varney to the cast. Oh, wow. He was the terrible person. From who, TV commercials. From, from, from local L.A. car commercials yeah. to major network shows. It's Only in L.A. could that happen. Yeah. Because they see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have power to do it. see you. That's why if you're going to do commercials in any market, do them in L.A. But he was terrible and not funny. It was canceled after five episodes. Wow, five episodes. Pink Lady. It was a famous. It, it got a lot of press of by how bad it was and how quick, quickly it was canceled. It was yeah. kind of this, you know, it was one of the early big, big failures. Mm-hmm. Right? Super Train, and then Super Train came after that, and then Animal and others. It, but remember, Fred Silverman was supposed to just rescue NBC, and he was flailing miserably. Damn. Next show I had not heard of. I, I'm sh- I hope you guys have not heard it, of it either. You may have, though. It's called Sex Box. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, haven't heard of it. That's not the last time you're going to say that. Sex Box. Okay. Right? What year? Uh, ni- 2013. Oh! God. Okay, that British. makes that makes sense. Oh, I was going to say in America. It, uh, well, hold on. Okay, it was on, originally showed it aired in 2013 on Britain's TV. It's uh, Channel Four Television Network, and it was hosted by somebody named Mariella Frostrup. <laughs> so I, I wrote that because really, you don't. I mean, that, I don't advocate changing your names for entertainment, but she might think about it. <laughs> so the idea was very simple. Mariella would interview couples. About like, you know, like naughty stuff and kind of other personal matters. But on the theory that the couples would be more honest if they had just had sex, they make them they made them have sex at the beginning of every show in a big black sex box right there on stage. I shit you not. Whoa. They would have an intro of this couple and say, okay, you guys go into the sex box and <laughs> come on back out once you've done it. And we'll talk about nasty stuff. That was the show. That was the premise. How long did that show On stage, last? They'd be fucking in the in the sex box. That's that's unbelievable. Did, was there a live audience? I, you know, it it, it said on stage. So, I well, think so you I, have I a stage, I, I even if there's no audience. But either okay, either that or a cast and crew. Uh, either way, you're like, doing it in front of people. Yeah. Yes. Oh, in the box. Well, nobody can see you, yeah. but that's, still, it's still, <laughs> it would be weird. <laughs> So it was, it was part of Channel 4's, quote, campaign for real sex, which this channel described as a series of programs which aim to reclaim sex from porn. So they try to dress it up as almost like a, a sex positive yes. thing. Huh. 
uh, ratings for the very I, first step. They just went about it in the wrong way. They did indeed. <laughs> yeah, people tend to do that. Like they think being sex positive is being is being gratuitous. Yes. And it's not the same thing. It, it, yeah. This tends was, to not be the same thing. I saw a still and it's like this dude with bad, you know, hair, <laughs> bad sex hair, I guess, in pajamas with his girlfriend slash wife. I don't know what she was. And she's like reading a card looking embarrassed or something like that. So yeah. It It'd was, be, I would be humiliated. They both had that just been fucked look. And they uh, now have to go out, I, I, I think, in front of a live audience and answer very personal huh. questions. So, well, I mean, obviously, if you go on the show, you know what it's. I know what's yeah. going to happen, Still. and you have to be willing to do it all. Yes. But yikes! Yes. It'd be amazing if they didn't tell you. What it well, then fucking what? Okay, but I still feel weird about. It. So the ratings for the first show started out at 1.1 million. By the 15th minute, they had dropped 200,000 people. Oh my well, god! Yeah. So apparently, it turns out that. Many people are not interested in real sex, at least not without a Kardashian or a Hilton involved. No, I assume. Uh, still and that's sh- but you know that's porn. Well, they don't even get to see the sex. They're not. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, there it's wasn't there a show porn. even called Real Sex or something. It was. Uh, I think there was, but that was an. Uh, but it was more documentary ish, and, and yes, yeah, so very graphic. It, yeah. I mean, they would literally show people having sex. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. I never watched it, but I knew of it, and it was more. Yeah. That. That's. That's porn. I don't want to say scientific, but it was more like it it, it was kind of sociological. It was it dressed itself up as like well, yeah. It was was a way to get bring porn to teenage boys. But didn't it? But it it also talked about subjects like S and M and and probably cross dressing, right? I mean, it it talked about. Well, I didn't want to Different watch issues. Why are you asking yeah. me? I guess. I, know, you, I, I didn't know. You I knew that. all about it. I've read, about I brought it. It up. I've read stuff about it. <laughs> I've read an article or two. <laughs> <laughs> two in Playboy. I mean, uh, Hustler. I mean, what? I mean, um, uh, uh, New York Times, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant. The, the New Yorker. The New Yorker. I read about the New Yorker. So the show, mirac- probably the weirdest thing about this show is that it was remade for American television in 2015 for the Wii TV Heard of Wii TV. It lasted five episodes. It lasted three and a half minutes. <laughs> and this it only lasted five episodes on something called Wii TV. That's huh. that's embarrassing. So yeah. it had to be really bad. Really bad. I mean, they don't I mean, have a lot of America product. is a land of prudes, so I've never even heard of Wii TV. I, I don't think I have I vaguely what, I've heard of Wii TV. It's a cable. It's a basic is it basic cable? I it's think a basic so. cable sh- station that it's like a random channel that you don't watch. Yeah, no one sees it. It's like it. boomerang or some yeah. shit. Like it's like if hmm. we if if cable subscribers could do all the cart, it would have zero subscribers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oops. Sorry. There's a couple more. We have uh, a show called Work It on ABC. I've I've heard of this. Have you heard of it? It yeah. Was, it, was not, it was 2012. Yep. It's an ABC sitcom. What was happening in 2012? When it was developed, it was more like 2011, right? When they brought it to the network, 2011 economy was still pretty bad, right? You you might remember a lot of there was some articles and some research allegedly showing that. A lot of, of men uh, th- uh, thought that women were doing better in the slow economy than men. More men were being laid off than women was a kind of a, a current thought, at least among some people, right? Because, you know, men are never getting what they deserve. No. In this society, white men so. especially. Yeah. So a lot of, white, a lot of men were, were whining about losing their jobs to women, right? So ABC thought, hey, you know what? Let's make a show about two men. We'll put them in St. Louis. And they have to pretend that they're women – to get jobs. Yeah, I've I've 110% heard of this show. Oh, and my all, Lord. All of their co-workers are women. I mean, that's going to be hilarious, right? It's going to be Said so ABC. good. It's Bosom Buddies. It, it's Bosom Buddies, but with meaner yeah. and more obnoxious. Uh, the premise was fleshed out this way. So two men lose their jobs at a Pontiac uh, car facility. 
it's phased out in St. Louis because making cars is super manly, right? Yeah. Super manly. They find out that jo- there's jobs uh, openings at a pharmaceutical company for pharmaceutical sales reps. Unfortunately, though, it turns out that the company only hires women as sales reps. Cue the bosom buddies ripoff, only meaner and stupider. Yeah. And so they dress as women. They both get jobs. They both start working and surrounded by all these women coworkers. One of them they think is a lesbian, but she's actually not. That kind of thing is really is very. Uh, 2012. Who are the actors? Uh, Nobody's. Here's the cast. Ready? Yeah. The cast included such people as Ben Coldike, Omari Nalasco, Beth Lack, John Caparulo, Rebecca Mater. Rochelle Eights, Kate Renders, Kirsten Eggers, and Hannah Sullivan. Oh. Have you heard of one single one? Is this 2012? No. Have you ever heard of them? No. They had to get people that would take that job. I, you know, honestly, in TV for ABC, a lot of people take that job. You yeah. You a show like that. And, yeah. and that was, I've literally not heard of one single person. No, ago. me neither. I saw the pictures of the two leads and nope, didn't draw you know, dressed up terribly as women. They look as much like women as Tom Hanks and yeah. uh, Peter Scolari do. So, yeah, pretty awful. Huh. Uh, Baby Bob, 2002 to 2003. <laughs> Baby Bob? Baby Bob. <laughs> do, you, do you remember Baby Bob was a CBS sitcom? CBS, another network, major network. It was inspired by the Baby Bob character from commercials for freeinternet.com. I vaguely remember these. I don't. These were ads in which a baby... In, uh, would just stare at the, at the at the TV, looking cute, and they would you know animate its mouth to make it look like it was talking, and say you know free not gum is blah blah blah. Wait, I have I do know what you're talking about. I didn't know that was Baby Bob. That was Baby Bob. So CBS thought that would make a good TV show. Mm-hmm. They and so they did the show. Huh. I know I missed it all. About. I missed the commercials. I missed the TV show. What year was it? 2002 and three. Because you know why? Oh, because the show lasted two. Seasons. Well, and I was busy with my own babies. Jesus is my yeah. response. To wow, that. that's unbelievable. I, I don't remember the show at all, but I, I I vaguely remember the commercials and that. I I that's remember how, the commercials. I don't. I obviously I was I was two and three, so I wasn't watching the commercials. But like, <laughs> there's some of those commercials happened when I was aware of yeah, TV. You know, I think someone else did a, did a similar shtick later on. Yeah, and like you know. You see them in like YouTube compilations of Probably, yeah. funny commercials. When you said that, I was thinking about the creepy dancing baby from Ally McBeal. That was creepy. Yeah. Another quick hit: The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer from 1998. This was on this is uh, on the American television network UPN. That's now defunct. It was a show that follows a he was a black English nobleman named Desmond Pfeiffer. Right, I, I didn't know that existed. He incurs a bunch of gambling debts so has to flee england in a hurry he winds up in the shores of these united states of america apparently in washington dc because he becomes the valet to president abraham lincoln so it's 1860s what the fuck oh and he winds up as the white house valet to lincoln that's that's what what it portrayed everyone in the white house pretty much as an alcoholic and a drunk and it had a quote lighthearted take on the topic of american slavery (laughs) I was gonna oh say, my god! Was this like a drama or a comedy, comedy. or? Whoa! It, it's uh, like that's weird. Despite those obvious drawbacks, it made it through nine episodes. Wow! And UPN wonders why it no longer exists. 
That's funny. Do you probably not heard this? It was before our time. It was from the late seventies. It's called Hee Haw Honeys. You remember Hee Haw? Yeah. Right. Hee Haw was this show overtly. It was just for Southerners, basically, our country music fans. In which um, I don't know. I can't remember who hosted it. I, I, I know the name if I heard it. I, a couple of, <sighs> but it was yeah. a show that had. Um, you know, country music people on and they do terrible skit and really corny humor. Was Buck humor. Owens on it? Buck Owens, maybe. I think yeah. he was. Super corny, you know, humor, right? They had, and so they had this recurring shtick called the Hee Hawnies and they were Yeah, like I remember. Very attractive women in hot shorts. Yeah. Like, and that, they said, let's turn that into a spinoff for it give it its own show. Yeah. You know who it starred? Dolly Parton. Misty Rowe. Oh. I, I, I don't, and, and Kathy Lee Gifford. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Right? They, they were uh, portrayed as sisters who ran this roadside diner. And so country musicians would drop in and sing a song or two when they came in there. Maybe even uh, yodel. I don't know. It's country. I don't know. I don't know yeah. How it works. Uh, so despite the obvious talents, talents, including guests Loretta Lynn, Conway Twitty from Family Guy fame, and <laughs> Ronnie Millsap, the show lasted just one single season. Yeah. Not a surprise. Okay. Here's another one that will make you say, what the fuck? It's called The Hard Times of R.J. Berger, 2010, 2011. Wow. Seriously, it's going to say this is actually made and aired. R.J. Berger was a nerd high school sophomore at Pinkerton High School. Hey! Oh. In Ohio, fictional. Pinkerton High School in Ohio somewhere. I went to the real Pinkerton High School. I mean, yeah, middle, school. middle school. So, in I mean, that could be a show, time. right? He's a nerd in high school. He's unpopular, but, you know. So, I mean, we remember Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. You, that's material to do that, right? Mm-hmm. That oh, show sure. didn't last There's very long, though. Lots of nerd Tons. high school. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Here's a twist, though. RJ, it turned out, had a gigantic dong. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Why? I mean, Why? that's the premise. Nerd with the big dick. The rest just kind of writes itself. Hey, guys, I have an idea for a show. <laughs> How about we do like a coming of age sort of yes. high school show? Okay, that sounds good. We could mark that. But What's here's the thing. About it? He has a huge penis. Oh, I like, go on. Go on. In That's 2000, all. what? 2010. Oh, my. Where, what channel? MTV. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. This okay. was MTV when they just started to do original I was going to uh, say MTV oh, wow. does, they like awkwardness or something like that. And they do scripted TV shows that are like, they have a fan base, but it's like, oh, good God, this is so bad. It's embarrassing. They were, they, they sold it. The creators of it sold it as a blend of, the Wonder Years and Superbad. The TV show Wonder Years and the film uh, Superbad. Uh, the sh- it was on MTV, which, as you know, is always looking for very meaningful content. And yeah. it even so one of the things they had was an Asian actor. And every time he would come into the scene, they'd have the sound of a gong <gasps> in 2010 slash 11. That doesn't surprise me for MTV, though. I That's, feel like I, if I saw that now on MTV, I wouldn't be surprised. One female character said, quote, there's a vampire buffet in my panties. I'm assuming she was on her period. That's what the yeah. that line they had her inform people that she's on her period by that line. That's the level of hilarious humor on RJ. Really Berger. clever writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By men. I have absolutely of no course. doubt. Of course. All by men. So uh, a couple special mentions. One is a show for having kind of the worst timing ever. It was called Father of the Pride. Do you remember this? It was 2004. It was a primetime animated show. It centered on a family of white lions. The father, White Lion, uh, who is the title character, he is the star of the Siegfried and Roy magic show in Las Vegas. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you know what's coming. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was also, by the way, it was just sort of crude and adult, but it was being marketed overtly towards kids. But that wasn't the worst part. It premiered just after Roy Horn, Siegfried's partner, hello, Siegfried, hello, Roy, <laughs> was mauled and nearly killed by yeah. the star white lion of their Las Vegas magic show. Yeah. So, ouch for them and Roy. Yeah. That was uh, yeah. terrible timing. So, it did not last <laughs> very long at all. You think they just, you know what? We're going to scratch because th- that happened before the show premiered. They, they stuck with it. Wow. And yeah. Aired it stupidly. Because it didn't last very long. Gosh, I never heard of that one either. I, I don't really have a memory of it either. Uh, wow. Uh, I don't, again, I think it was four or five shows. So another special mention goes to as a web show. Have you heard of this, Emma? Hmm. It was later picked up by MTV. Hmm. It was called The High Fructose Adventures of the Annoying Orange. Yes. So it was, it <laughs> yeah, was I've first kind of a web show and then became a show on MTV. It it was um it was like a YouTube. Yes. It was, it was like a very popular. Thing. Very popular. Very, very popular. Millions of hits. Every it, single kid, I was like in elementary school yeah. when it be- first became popular. Every single kid was like, hey, did you watch the Annoying Orange video? And I was like, no, it's, it's annoying. It's, seriously, the thing is, this orange annoys the other fruits and vegetables on the shelf with it at some market or something like that. That's it. Mm-hmm. That, was the sto- that was the show. Had a really a grating, annoying voice. Uh, huh. Wasn't funny. It was like Super, eight-year-old boys thought it was funny. Uh, uh, yeah. It was an orange. It had, recurring, it had uh, several recurring mannerisms. The orange would often begin every episode by repeatedly yelling, hey, the name of the character. Because that's funny. You know, hey, Vern, hey, Vern, hey, Vern. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> until the character finally responds. The orange was also often referred to a character as something that plays on the object's name. So, for instance, the grapefruit, he'd call it ape fruit. I, I hear you laughing. <laughs> he'd call it what? Ape fruit. He'd call a grapefruit oh, ape fruit. And he'd okay. do that with other ones. You know, a tomato would be, I don't know, clamato, whatever. He... Okay. If he does not like one of the other fruits and vegetables, he would say, you're an apple, even though the object was a tomato, because he didn't like apples. Again, hilarious. Yeah. He uses various tactics, such as telling rude, unoffensive jokes, burping, farting, and making childish noises with his tongue to get attention. The success of this show, to me, is an indication of the slow, grinding death of America. Yeah. That, it, I, I, I think I read it had like 8 million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. That's just there. Well, it came, you know. it came out in a time when YouTube was not nearly what it is now. It didn't have good. It, YouTube was where you went to watch music videos and like viral videos because YouTube yeah. used to have like the video of the week oh. thing. Like the homepage would have a video of the week and I'm sure Annoying Orange was on it. it was, and it was it was awful. But kids my age. um now it's the place you go to see right. conspiracy theories and uh, propaganda of right-wing Russian propaganda and from uh, uh, white nationalists and supremacists. All right, I just go to learn how to do stuff. Okay, try that again. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I just go to learn yes, how to do stuff. Yes. Unfortunately, our, most people don't. Our beauty videos. I want to end this our episode with um, some comments about various shows. So, okay, so Bad TV has had one positive outcome. It's allowed ruthless television critics to <laughs> say some pretty nasty things and about their most hated shows. So I'm just going to give you some snippets, some samples okay. of that. From a show called Hidden Hills, uh, the Detroit News said, This series reflects the way wealthy, neurotic, overly busy, and sex-obsessed TV executives and producers think America lives. In other words, the way they live, they're wrong. It was this show about yeah. these, these uh, wealthy, affluent women who having you know, New York-y type problems. So uh, Sex in the City? 
probably yeah. yeah. Uh, the Boston Globe said of this about Ghost Whisperer. Mm. At times during Ghost Whisperer, the sentiment is so thick that you might want to go away from the light, the light from the TV set, that is, hmm. about sex box. Said watching it is kind of like bad sex. The clock watching, the profound embarrassment, the desire to check your email. <laughs> that was from the New York Times. Uh, there's a show called Mur- a show called Murphy's Law. It was not the Mur- not Murphy Brown. Murphy's Law. Yeah, I remember. I not, remember a, Murphy's a Law. George Siegel's show from 1988. Yep. It was supposed to be just a, tr- a sitcom. It was supposed to be just terrible. They, they, uh, the uh, Newsday said a series so monumentally meaningless. So pathetically puerile, so irredeemably ridiculous that within my limited professional context, it prompts the biggest question of them all. Why is there television? (laughs) (laughs) Marvel's Inhumans. Mm, That show was ridiculously panned. Wait, is that the one with Medusa? Uh, Medusa. Okay. Yeah. Her power is to do things with long hair. In the very first episode, they cut all her hair off. Yeah. Geniuses uh, executed that. Because they didn't have the money to CGI it. Such idiots. So, uh, the Boston Herald said the dialogue is so poor, even Tyler Perry would wince. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. That's a, that's a twofer. Uh, Newsday also said this about a show called Does Someone Have to Go? It's like a, it's like a, some kind of a reality show where people kind of, you know, but it was like an office and they had to vote people out of the, out of the, out the show, essentially. And they said, quote, Lord of the Flies meets a telephone book and just about as entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> There's a show called Trouble with Normal. On ABC, with these these uh, people, including John Cryer, who who believed conspiracy theories, went to like therapy. It was it was supposed to be a comedy. Said huh. um, ABC has been promoting the heck out of the trouble with normal, but the shockingly unfunny ensemble and rotten scripts will do all that publicity in minutes. On a positive note, this will almost certainly end the TV career of John Cryer. <laughs> <laughs> this was before Two and a Half Men. Yeah, so they oh, were shit. sadly wrong. Uh, there's a show called Identity. It was hosted by Penn Teller. It's some kind of weird, you know, again, I don't know if reality show is the right word, but, it, it, you know, it was that of that ilk. He said, now, you may be saying, there he goes again, that elitist toad. He's talking about himself. But believe me, even Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, and Bill O'Reilly would think this show was stupid. Spent the Philadelphia Inquirer critic. Do Not Disturb was a sitcom with Jerry O'Connell and a young Dave Franco. Oh. It's just, be just awful. They're two kind of misogynistic douchebags. And the, the Hollywood Reporter said, this is a show that could bury the sitcom genre altogether. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Mama's Boys was a reality show. Of, they took three youngish men in their 20s and w- with their moms, put them in a mansion with a bunch of hot chicks. That was the show. Oh. So Mama's Boys. A quote from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, executive produced by Ryan Seacrest. This sucking wound of a show introduces three guys and their moms who move into a house filled with women. That was, I shouldn't have given it away there, but it was, uh, I mean, that's a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. Nothing could come from that. Uh, there's a show called Bucky and Pepito. This is a super, super racist 1959 syndicated cartoon that was just awful in every way. Uh, one critic would say, would call the producer the Ed Wood of animation because oh. of the super low budget. And another critic said, a standard for awfulness that no contemporary TV cartoon has managed to surpass with a white actor who played Pepito doing a super, super racist Mexican yeah. stereotype, Jesus. big sombrero, the whole thick accent and everything like that. 1959 on primetime yeah. animated show. That's weird. The last one is one of my faves is Joni Loves Chachi. Oh. Mm. The, Ro- the Rolling Stone said, it's tough picking the grotiest show of the 1980s. <laughs> Talk about low-hanging fruit. But this barely beats My Two Dads and Mama's Family. <laughs> 
The punchline, some 33 years after this killed his career, Scott Bio was the biggest celebrity Trump could lure to the Republican National Convention. Yep, he was. I'm surprised you didn't talk about... Um, now, okay, go ahead. What did, what, what did I miss? This is like... just I just have one show that came to mind. It's like number one on every single list that I've, that I've watched. I don't really read, but watched. Um, Heil, Honey, I'm Home. Heil, Honey, I'm Home? Yeah, have you ever heard of it? Uh-uh. Well, I'm so surprised you guys haven't heard I haven't heard of it either. Like, what is it like? It's literally a... Hitler sitcom. Wow. It's like a reimagining of what if Hit- Adolf Hitler or- and Ava Braun weren't, you know, what wasn't a dictator who wow. committed, you know, genocide and so just if he became you know, Holocaust. A, he's a watercolor painter. If if you know, <laughs> he still had the hair and the mustache and oh was still God. a Nazi. And here's the here's the premise: they moved next to a Jewish couple, oh my and Jesus. it was like oh, wow. hilarity ensues. MTV Fox. No, what? this was like. In the like sixties or something. Wow. Yeah. Like <gasps> really. Yeah. It's, I. I'm Ooh, not positive. It that's was, yeah. too soon. It lasted Way maybe a episode. <laughs> now it's too soon, but that. It lasted geez. maybe an episode or two. It was like, oh Jesus Christ, and like they would make jokes of like hiling and like. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh my. Remember, um, in the producers, a springtime yeah. for Hitler and Germany was. I wonder if that was inspired from that. If it was. Before that was late sixties, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that's amazing that's that we've never heard of Let that. Let me see when it came out. One of my near entries was Hogan's Heroes, a very popular sitcom oh, for five years. I'm so sorry, I was very, very wrong. Okay. It came out in 1990. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's I just, but still, I then still, I really should so have heard of it. It was inspired by producers not realizing that was a satire. Yeah. Uh, Hogan's Heroes was you know a show <laughs> in the sixties, right? Mm-hmm. Early seventies, maybe. That yeah, absolutely took it was. A sitcom set in a German POW camp. Yeah, yeah. There's, you can't make that funny. It, on Google, it says for yeah. Heil, "Honey, I'm home." It says number of episodes eleven parentheses ten unaired. Ten. So, oh my god! Oh. So one episode. It, they said, "Nope, we're done." I can't I, believe they made. 11. I have no idea. It was a British sitcom. Oh. Oh. Okay. Um, still. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Centered around a fictionalized version of Adolf Hitler and Ava Braun, who live next to a Jewish That's couple. Terrible. Amy and Rosa, or Ar- Arnie and Rosa Goldenstein. God damn. Wow. Very bad. Oh, man. I had, um, there were some others. Oops. There were uh, a few others that I had. I'm so surprised I didn't pop up on lists. Yeah. I, I mean, people probably well, like, I don't want to talk British, about it. But you had a couple British ones on there. I, I don't have it on here. But one of the ones I was going to do was uh, Baywatch. That mm. was Baywatch, I didn't know this. Baywatch was on NBC originally. It lasted mm-hmm. one season and they canceled it. It then moved into syndication. Where oh. It went 10 Seasons yeah, that was on for a long time. It was on forever. I didn't realize it had it had been network first and then moved into syndicate in the syndicated TV for for the almost its entire run. What does syndication mm-hmm. mean? Back then, it's not so so common anymore. But back then, basically, it was, it was none of the networks had it. So some pr- production company produced this show and then they sold it market by market to whatever non-network uh, station wanted to air it. Wanted to air it. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see. And then gradually, what happened though is that those non-network stations started to get gobbled up because then you had UPN and then mm-hmm. you had, what was the other one? Before they merged to form CW. CW, CW oh. is, the, is the merger of UPN and I, the, I can't, another <sighs> one. And, and so these unaffiliated Dub- stations WB. became affiliated. WB, yeah. yeah. They became affiliated. And then Fox too. So there was just no room left for syndicated. I mean, there's still a syndication. 
Oprah, you know, that those kind of Because I've heard, you know, like, I've watched interviews with, like, Seth MacFarlane. He was like, you know, and then Family Guy became syndicated. Yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? But but primetime, you know, creative type shows, there's almost never, I don't know if there's any syndicated shows like that anymore. I don't think so. Like Baywatch was for its its run. There's still syndicated talk shows and things like that. Yeah. Yes. But not. I don't know how TV works. Primetime shows anymore. Um, so that is our episode. A little different. It was weird. I'm shoehorning that word in there. It's really just the worst TV shows. <laughs> yeah. ever. The worst and weirdest TV shows. Yeah. Some of Sex of Box time. is pretty Sex weird. Sex Box and Hyle. Sex Box is my huh? as a personal fave. <laughs> Sex Box. That's a good one. Okay. Yikes. That's it. Damn, Karen. bitch. Oh wait, I can't oh. believe you didn't put Small Wonder in there. Remember that Small show, Wonder. the little robot girl? Oh, terrible show. It was an awful terrible show. show. There's a no. Trust me. There's way more. Alf awful shows was pretty awful. Yeah. Alf, Alf was pretty terrible. But remember, their head writer was on heroin. So that's what? as an excuse. Who was the head writer? Uh, ben Stiller played him in Absolute Zero. The head writer of Alf was an absolute heroin addict. Wow. Huh. Not a surprise. Absolute, whatever that show was. The show where Ben Stiller played a heroin addict. <laughs> he, was, he was the head writer of Alf. I don't know what show you're talking about, but... Or what movie? movie. Yeah, movie. I don't know that one. There, no, there's tons. Yeah. There's tons of terrible, terrible television left. Yes. A lot of terrible know. television now. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, Riverdale. God. Riverdale. <laughs> Sorry, Riverdale. Carrie? Well. Disney Channel's really bad now. Oh, my God. There was a whole article on Disney Channel. Disney Channel <laughs> used to be. I'd left I mean, off. Disney Channel, it was never like highbrow comedy. Like, it was always. Well. But it, it was yeah. like. The Naked Brothers Band. How hey, is that not hey, meant for pedophiles? No, I will ruin it. No, that was a good show. That was Most Nickelodeon, of first of all. Was, was pedophiles accidentally tuning in? Oh, no, not accidentally, but they but weren't going, naked. This is not what I. Exactly. No, Naked Brothers Band was amazing, and you're wrong, so it's, you it, can stop talking. What a dumb show. But like, Dog with a Blog, and, yeah. you know, those shows now are like oh, Bizarre Vark and like. Disney has not. And Disney. same, there was a bunch of, uh, like, a bunch of Nickelodeon. Cartoons I had never heard of or, or, or well, other yeah, cartoons yeah. like that. They're just what Ren and Stimpy had a reboot. A really? great show. It's original uh, incarnation. But they I had never a, liked a reboot that was just universe. It was super gross. Like like had him eating snot and Ew. stuff like that. They just really went for childish gross out of humor. Yeah. It basically um, Krakowski was the creator of Ren and Stimpy, who had a, a, a great reputation. Mm-hmm. He kind of ruined his reputation wow. by making that. It lasted one season. It was just universally panned. It was just awful. Huh. I could have yeah, easily could that. E, the E Network has tried to do some. They tried for like a hot second to do original programming, yeah. and they had it. It's called like the Royals or something yeah, like that. I, and, yeah. And it was, it was with Elizabeth Hurley. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be like yeah. the royal family, but you know, there's it was basically like like the Kardashians, the Kardashians or the Hilton were family. The royal, yeah. were the royal family in England and they were, you know, the the daughter was, you know, promiscuous and the mom slept with young boys and the the brother blah blah. It was I don't I don't think it I don't think any original programming exists on E anymore. I don't know, but yeah, that show the, was really yeah. bad. For the good of the country. That show yeah. was really bad. Yeah, there. Trust me. Please write us and tell us and email us and tell us your favorite terrible, terrible yeah. shows. Yes. So I'm sure at weirdworldpodcast at gmail dot com. Look at that segue from her. Hey now. Or Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Patreon. We are Weird World Podcast and Weird World Pod on Twitter. Thank you, Carrie. You're Follow welcome. Us, like us, tweet us. Give us a review and five stars on iTunes. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. See you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye.